2: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for
3: coming along. So, what about your basic rights as an American? Are they under siege?
4: Hmm. Do you believe
3: that's true, Kathy?
4: Uh, I have... I don't know if I would say that across the board, but I emotionally, I, I feel that way.
3: Really? That somehow they've been taken away or minimized or corrupted?
4: I feel, especially when it comes to free speech, that we just don't have a lot of it right now. Hmm. I feel like the political correct culture has taken over and the call-out thing has now made people like me just reluctant to weigh in, especially on social media. I'm very reluctant to weigh in on any issue on social now, media. Now,
3: wait, you're, you're sitting behind a microphone, 50,000 yeah. watts over portions of three states, and still somehow you feel yeah. leery mm-hmm. about expressing an opinion for fear of a backlash? Mm-hmm. Really, that's fascinating. Okay, well, listen to this. You're not alone, because most Americans surveyed, 92 percent, according to a Harris poll, think that their rights are under siege, and among most of those are the freedom of expression.
4: Really? they yep. Really? They said that, that exact right?
3: Yep. Huh. Americans are most concerned that their freedom of speech, the right to bear arms, and right to equal justice are at risk, according to a Harris poll. When you frame something as a threat, quote, it creates a bit of a political response and creates division and encampments of special interests. So says John Gersman, who is the CEO of the Harris Poll. That's why political parties, lobbying groups, warn supporters with strident language. It's easier to drum up backing for political cause by talking about an issue in terms of threats. Mm -hmm. So from the outside, right, from the daily sort of discourse that we have, Threats are presented to us.
4: Yeah, but they're not spoken. They're inferred.
3: Inferred.
4: You just know what you're not supposed to say. And I'm not saying I want to say that, but I'm saying that it makes me afraid that I'm going to make a mistake and screw up.
3: And be called out.
4: And be called out.
3: And then right censured. I'm, exactly.
4: Or, right.
3: Right. Put upon.
4: Right. And I really honestly don't want to say the wrong thing, but I know myself well enough, and we know what our jobs are, that having a microphone in front of your ma- mouth two hours a day, you are going to say many, many wrong things.
3: Yeah, of course. I mean, it's just the nature of what it is to, right. to be a, a human right. being, right? Uh, who was the, who was talking about this? Uh, a friend of ours was at a hotel, remember this, and they were watching a news program, Oh
4: yeah, that was right down here in Green Tree. Right. Someone was what? Right. Someone was watching a news program um, early morning. Early morning with a bunch of construction workers, and they were watching the news on CNN, I believe. And he was very surprised to hear a group of construction guys say, "You know what? That's crazy." Right. He pointed to the the person who was you know speaking their opinion on CNN and said, "You know what? I don't. I'm not buying that. I never bought it." Right. But there was a lot of expletive add into that opinion.
3: So, in your own group, in your own community... Yeah, you're willing to with talk. ...with like-minded, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're free. Right. But as a means of just public expression, people, some people, according to this USA Today Harris poll, most people are fearful of their basic rights being right. threatened and having a conversation about it.
4: Mm-hmm. I feel like the left right now in America is way too aggressive I feel like in their um, in their angst, and and, and I really want to give uh, them the benefit of the doubt because I know there are a lot of Democrats and those who lean left who listen to the program, and I I get that. I tend to lean in the other direction. Um, I lean right, but I understand that in their um, zeal, in their exactly that's just the word I was going for, for people to be treated equally and for all people of all ethnic backgrounds of all sexual proclivities, what to be treated as human beings, which I think is, is a laudable goal to have. And we should all treat each other fairly and respectfully in America. I totally sign on to that. As a creation in, of God. But in their zeal. Yes. I think they take things several steps too far, and all of a sudden it becomes this type of issue where if you express any type of of disagreement with any kind of people group, whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be something that's monumental. It can be something really small. It gets magnified. It gets blown up. And all of a sudden you're labeled as a hater or you're labeled as the bigot or you're labeled as closed minded. And I feel like it just has closed down conversations. People just don't want to step out and say anything because I think people like me are just afraid that they're going to say the wrong thing. Right.
3: Okay. so I get that. So maybe, as you say, you put a label and you say left, right? The left, their zeal to yes. shut down a conversation, perhaps they do so, and I'm, this is just conjecture on my part, they do so in response to them supposedly being put upon being marginalized? over generations. maybe, maybe. Right? So that's, okay, that's so, quick to respond okay, because they've, they're just fed up as well. All
4: right. So let me, let me also say that in our work here at the station, we also hear a lot of zeal from the right side. Of course. Which is directed toward you and I and what we say on the show, and we, we talk about on the show. And in their zeal to protect the president, to protect the Republican Party right now, they are right trying to smoke out anything you and I could possibly say that's not 100% pro-
3: <laughs> right. pro-Trump. Pro-conservative. And,
4: right. And and I think that's every bit of silly. I think we're really falling off the wagon on both sides. I think we have to recognize that none of us is going to, A, speak appropriately all the time, and B, we're not going to agree.
3: On every on checkpoint. Every, and that's okay. Right. That's
4: okay. It doesn't mean that you're less of a person because you disagree with my tiny little perspective on a tiny little part of one issue. I'm not you're not defined by your one perspective on one thing. It's a really big world. Yes. It's a really big world. And when it comes to talking about politics Isn't the two-party system really frustrating? Because you can't be with your party or with your guy on every single issue. You can't. How could you do that?
3: So you're either for us or against us. Right. All the way.
4: Right. And so it's really frustrating because you think, okay, so if I say one thing against, you know, Pete Buttigieg – then that means that I hate him because he's gay. That's has nothing to do with the fact that I hate him because he's gay, and I, I don't hate him, and I barely know anything about him. But I guy. just disagreed with that one thing he said about the minimum wage, right. and I got like deluged with email about that.
3: Okay, so let me go back to this USA Today article, because this is exactly what you're talking about. The poll results come at a juncture in American politics where friction and division are more apparent, and Americans are overwhelmingly frustrated by the discourse. In fact, another recent survey, a public agenda USA Today poll, shows that the, the division over the national debate about just about everything has convinced many that the country is heading in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. more than nine out of ten people who were polled said it's crucial for the United States to try to reduce that divisiveness, although there is no clear path ahead
4: right, so how do you do that so that that's encouraging that most people who are polled say, "Wait, we got a problem here it's too divisive. we have to step back, but nobody knows quite how
3: right well they're saying this: finding common ground. On shared values and freedoms, both at the dinner table and between the political aisle. Even if Americans don't agree on contentious, politically charged topics, they can find shared values in the things that Americans tend to take for granted.
4: Okay, but if you're going to find shared values. What is that? You have to want to find shared values. And I think that's maybe where we've fallen down is we're happy in our little corners. We're happy to hang out with the people that believe what we believe and think what we believe, because it is harder to step out. But that's what the church calls us to. The Church of Jesus Christ is not a political party. It calls us to reach out to people who are different than us, who look different, who are from different backgrounds, who speak different languages and have different political perspectives.
3: But there are many people who would never darken the doorway of a church. To hear that conversation, they would go, Well, that's that's you. Okay. That's I, your right wing conservative. Okay. So
4: that's okay, that's fine. But that's my perspective. You know that, right? I'm right. I'm a Christian, so I'm gonna say that I'm a Christian first. Right. And I'm gonna let that lead the way in my own life. So if you're not a Christian and you're you're doing something else and you're letting your party lead your way in your life, then go ahead and do that. I'm just saying that Following party first has led to this division we're experiencing. So if we want to get away from that division we're experiencing, we have to find something that's greater and wiser than party in our lives.
3: It used to be, and this is a broad generalization again, love of country. But love of country now has also become contentious for a lot of people where patriotic fervor people. I'm surprised Mm at how many people are not patriotic about America. I mean, you think back to 9-11. I think that was the last time Mm -hmm. that there was a spike. You would go, hey, man, we are one country. We're all together on this. Don't mess with us. Yeah. But that's quickly dissolved as well. Yes. So what is that thing that unites us all? If it's not love of country it's supposed to be if it's not it's supposed
4: to be out of many one it's supposed to be the e pluribus unum right but right now we're all e pluribus and
3: yes that's right no unum no (laughs) we're missing the unum we'll take a break listen uh, we got a big show ahead at the five o'clock hour we're going to talk about the best books of 2019 but just in a few minutes we're going to talk about loneliness especially during this christmas season stay with us please it's the ride home with john and kathy here on word fn
4: Hey, there are lots of changes happening in healthcare today, but fortunately, I know someone who's been on the forefront of health insurance for years, and it's Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country, and they can help to determine which plan is right for you, and then help you to choose that plan according to your needs prudently. Do you not need, like, maternity coverage? Well, then call Marley Financial. Do you have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley. Do you want just catastrophic or maybe just accident? You know the answer. And are you worried about the penalty? All of Marley's financial plans are penalty exempt. And because they know how to design the plans, most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousands a year. So give my friend Todd a call, Marley Financial, 724-884-1496, or find them on the web, marleyfg.com. 101.5 101.5
5: W-O-R-D. God bless us,
1: everyone. What's the biggest blessing you can imagine this Christmas season? How about having your mortgage or rent paid for for 2020? It's possible when you enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. You can even enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details.
0: To our Merry
1: Christmas,
5: God bless us. God bless us.
6: Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes, brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. Go to wordfm.com slash Contests. Camping in the great outdoors can be a lot of fun, but it's not the most conducive environment for your next retreat. Antiochian Village offers the best of both worlds, with 300 acres of beautiful woodlands near historic Ligonier, plus all the technology and connectivity you need to make your retreat a success. With 100 hotel-style guest rooms, 18 meeting rooms, and several outstanding full-service dining menus, 10,000 guests every year can't be wrong.
5: Or visit hennyjewelers.com. Henny Jewelers. Your jewelers for life.
1: I've lost twenty-five pounds since Christmas.
6: This year, give the gift of laughter. Word FM presents Date Night with comedian Marty
1: Simpson.
7: Gained eighteen, so it's like net seven.
1: Valentine's Day, February fourteenth. Your body
7: changes the minute you turn forty years old. Am I right? At
1: Christchurch at Crow Farm in Swickley.
6: I
7: separated my shoulder on my fortieth birthday. Walked around the entire day in a shoulder sling. Everybody was like, "Marty, how'd you separate your shoulder?" And I was like, "Tucking in my shirt."
6: Early bird general admission just twenty dollars now through December thirty-first at. WordFM.com slash date night.
3: I think, uh, I don't know how many years ago, we we started to intentionally follow along or talk about the church calendar. And I was surprised that UCAF made the admission that you really weren't following along with the church calendar or something new to you?
4: Right. I mean, I, it wasn't that I wasn't following along, but I never paid any attention to it when I was growing up ever. Not a single time. Like You know when they would change the colors at the front of the church and you would have like the purple yeah. or the green? I never knew what that was. I never paid any attention. I never really thought when I was growing up about the idea that in a 12-month period – we celebrate the totality of the life of Jesus. Right. I'd never considered that. As I know. We go I know you think that's that's like kind of silly. That I know, no I've no never no. I mean,
3: it's just you know how you were raised in your in your church tradition but versus my parents screwed up. <laughs> I don't want to throw you. May, they may be listening, so I don't want to you know throw any rocks at your parents. I don't want to
4: throw a Nan under the bus,
3: right? No, but you know. Um, yeah. Ordinary Time. I mean, I remember, you know, learning about Ordinary Time. Oh, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. And I'd never heard of Ordinary Time. The 34th Seriously, week of Ordinary until Time. until I got this job, never. I'd never heard of that. No.
3: Really? Okay, well, I mean, again, I'm not going to throw rocks at you, but there's something to be said about following along i think yes, it's fascinating sure. right uh, charlotte La- D- Donlin is with us charlotte Donlin is a writer a spiritual director trainee host of the hope for the lonely podcast her first book is called the great belonging how loneliness leads us to each other released uh, uh, early next year but she wrote a piece at christianity today which we read which we loved observing advent makes me feel less alone and charlotte welcome to the show
8: Hi, thank you for having me. Charlotte, you write
4: about remembering an Advent when you were struggling with infertility. Talk about what that has to do with celebrating the Christmas season.
8: Yeah, well, when you're in the Advent season and there's a lot of focus on Mary and her expecting the birth of Jesus and all of us expecting the birth of Jesus, um, there's just a lot of talk about pregnancy and then... um, in that season, for me, in that particular time, a lot of my friends were pregnant. Mm. And also, it's a time of longing. You know, we think about what we might want for Christmas or, you know, gifts we might want. And um, because of that, I think it was even more intense for me, that desire to have a baby or to be pregnant. And, you know, all of these ideas of gifts and um Pregnancies and babies and the birth of Jesus was just surrounding me, and I couldn't seem to get away from the fact that I did not have what I wanted.
3: Hmm. And what was that? What were you longing for, Charlotte?
8: Well, at that time, I longed to be a mother. I wanted to um, have a baby and, you know, more than one baby, hopefully. And we struggled with infertility for over a year, and It seems like with every month that goes by when you don't get pregnant, the sense of loss just compounds. Mm -hmm. And that one advent that I wrote about in that article was, you know, after several months of trying and several months of hearing no over and over. Mm
9: Mm-hmm.
4: What about other times in your life when you've struggled with Advent? Have there been other issues or things that have kind of got in, gotten in the way of you fully fully entering into Advent or Christmas?
8: Yeah, I would say, um, I mean, a specific time was when I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Mm. Um, I struggled with mania for several months in 2007, 2007. And then in November of that year, was finally diagnosed and um, admitted to an inpatient psychiatric facility. And um, I was not in a good place. I was not healthy. I was not sane. And I came out of the hospital into this season of, you know, everyone preparing for Christmas. And... I was in a church at the time that was more liturgical and observed um, Advent, but I wasn't able to embrace the season as I had in the past or as I wanted to because I, I was just trying to stay um, alive, honestly, right. and trying to figure out how to be healthy. So that I mean that's a very extreme example of an Advent that um, didn't go the way I would have preferred. But even in the midst of it, there was a sense of knowing that it's bigger than me. Really? And
4: was that because of
8: Advent? I think my ability to, um, or my tendency to follow the church year and to see my story wrapped up in the story, the larger story of creation um, and redemption and restoration, that it's it does help me to know that that things are bigger than me. That's fascinating. Okay. So so you're sorry.
4: I'm sorry for interrupting you, Charlotte. So you're saying that the ritual of Advent is what has kept you from feeling like you're on your own because you're entering into a bigger story.
8: Yes. I'd say that's one, one piece of it. Yes.
3: So whether it's longing for a baby or treading water trying to keep your sanity, by leaning into an Advent season, it it it, dr- it drives you into a greater story. And in some ways, you know, Kath and I were just talking about this before the show, about the nature of where we are in modern day America, where so many of us are marginalized where you know or feel marginalized yes you're home alone and you know you're you're lonely it's day after day you're disconnected from family from the church from community and of course i think we're all uh, created in the nature of god with deep community and the longing for that in our lives but but what about that what is it about the advent season and loneliness charlotte that
4: Yeah, we usually think that the Advent or the Christmas season can make you lonelier. But Charlotte, are you saying the opposite, that it actually kept you from being lonely?
8: Well, I think either can happen. You know, I think it it is definitely lonelier for some people because of certain, you know, maybe they have memories of people they used to celebrate Advent and Christmas with, and those people are gone now. Um, So I'm not saying it's like a cut and dry thing, but... Advent and the other liturgical seasons have been a buoy that holds me when I feel overwhelmed with feelings of unbelonging. Um, They help me feel more connected to myself, to others, Mm -hmm. and to God. And some of that is based on research about rituals and how we engage rituals and how they um, impact us in different areas of our lives. And then just, Feeling closer to God over the course of several years of walking that path with Jesus and His story, His full story, year after year, it it becomes more familiar, and it you know I I feel more connected to myself because of that familiarity, Mm -hmm. and I feel to God because of that familiarity, yeah, and I feel more connected to others because they're walking that same path
3: too yeah and that's exactly how i feel charlotte that that as you follow along whether it's you know the lenten season the advent season That It it almost feels as though you're coming home, that the story of Jesus that, you know, after many years or decades of being an active participant in, in the Christian walk, that there is something about that community, whether it's seen or invisible, that it does reduce that loneliness and draws you closer to a higher order of your life. Talk about, um, Charlotte, uh, in your piece in Christianity Today, Observing Advent Makes Me Feel Less Alone, that another season, that during the Easter season, you talked about there was a period of significant suffering, and you wept all day. I mean, th- that's very moving. Tell us that story.
8: Yeah, that was um, a few years ago, and again, I sometimes struggle with expectations you know it's Easter Sunday and we're all expected to be happy and joyful and it is a day where I want to be happy and joyful but on this particular day the circumstances of my life um, were full of suffering and pain and I won't go into the details of that but I do remember it and I remember being so sad not just because of the pain i was in but sad that i wasn't able to enter into this celebration the way i wanted to Mm -hmm. or the way um that i had prepared for even through Lent, like preparing for that you know celebration of the resurrection Mm -hmm. you know it's like oh it's here i can finally celebrate and um i didn't have any desire to do that and it was a very sad day but then um because i followed the church year. One piece of that that I learned several years ago is that Easter is not just one day. Easter's tide is 50 days. It starts on Easter Sunday and continues until Pentecost. And I had you know 49 more days <laughs> to celebrate <laughs> Easter. Yeah. And one way I do it, and a simple way I do it, is to keep fresh flowers on my kitchen table those whole 50 days. And I want to say the first bunch of flowers I bought that Sunday afternoon of Easter Sunday, I, I didn't want the flowers. I didn't want to celebrate, mm-hmm. but I put them on the table. I did it anyway. And I kept the, that visible sun in my home in a space that I walked by several times a day to remind me that we are Easter people. We are living in light of the resurrection. And not only did Jesus come and um, down the cross for our sins, He's coming back, and we can look forward to that future.
4: Boy, that's a good word. Thank you so much for being here. I really it's fascinating. I, I really think that's a perspective that's not spoken enough, especially when we're looking for like the perfect holiday thing with everybody happy and you know the carols and the yule log and the you know perfect music and everything. And but there's a cycle to life. Yeah, there's a cycle to life, and, and so this and, and those, calendar, rit- those rituals can help us remember.
3: Right. Well, yes. Charlotte, thanks again. We really appreciate your time with us.
8: Yeah, thanks for having
3: me. Our pleasure. Charlotte Donlan, uh, in Christianity Today, she talks about observing Advent makes me feel less alone. Charlotte Donlan, you can find her online.
1: The Forever Mark Diamond tribute collection
3: for your courage,
1: passion, determination,
3: for your tenderness,
1: spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forevermark Tribute Collection—a diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark, beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore
6: the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers, Mount Nebo Road.
3: Those Are Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters, and downspouts, doors, and, of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and... One of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com.
2: This is former Pirates manager Clint Hurdle for my friends at Urban Impact. What a privilege to work with an organization that truly understands that everyone matters. This year alone, they're athletic. Athletics, performing arts, education, and options programs have reached over 2,300 Northside kids and served over 42,000 meals. And thanks to an incredible $300,000 matching grant, your year-end gift can have twice the impact. So make a difference today. Donate now at uifpgh.org/match.
6: How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade? with over 50 professionally certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community with results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org.
8: Get your truly free credit scores
4: and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma today download the credit karma app now credit karma here's to progress this is kathy emmons john and i are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at grove city college thanks to everyone at grove city for supporting the ride home
5: tonight partly cloudy and colder with a low of 20 Tomorrow, a snow squall late in the morning, accumulating coating to an inch, otherwise low clouds, breezy with a couple of snow showers in the afternoon. Squalls can bring whiteout conditions at times with a high of 27. Thursday, times of clouds and sun with a high of 29. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick.
3: It's a couple of uh- Have set a Guinness Book of World uh, Record. Uh, He is 106. Wow. She's 105. What? They've been married for 80 years, and Guinness have just awarded them a certificate uh, to say that they are the oldest couple that has been married the longest, 80 plus years. Fascinating. Uh, Austin, Texas. John Henderson wanted a car in 1934, so he shelled out uh, 26 bucks. For a green Dodge Roadster, hoping the wheels would bring new adventures and impress fellow student, University of Texas classmate, Charlotte Curtis, the pretty girl who sat in front of him in the zoology class. Uh, John Henderson says it was the best $26 that he ever Mm -hmm. spent. I dated Charlotte all all the time during I had it. He said, I felt so important in that little roadster. Now, 80 years of marriage later, Charlotte and John are still together. They share a life that includes far flung travels, many meals, and most recently, that Guinness Book of Worlds record. Their aggregate age on Earth, 211 years. The oldest married couple on Earth. Uh, he says, Sometimes it's hard not to wonder how the days turned into decades in a flash. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we've been together all this time. It feels just like yesterday that we were married. Isn't that amazing? 80 years of marriage. Now, here's the thing. wonderful. No children. I wonder how that turned into the mix. Yeah. Did that reduce somehow the stress of their marriage Mm -hmm. or make them more anxious? They didn't
4: have kids to fight over?
3: Or worry about expenses like a lot of married couples do with with children. I I wonder how that would all work out. They they don't talk about it. Their
4: kids would be like in their 80s.
3: Yeah, they would be. He says, "I'm thankful." John says, uh, "I'm thankful for every day that rolls around. I'm just thankful for everything. Most, uh, most importantly, my wife, Charlotte. It's fabulous. 80 plus years of being married.
4: Wow. How long have you been married, John?
3: 24 years.
4: Mike, how long have you been married? Yeah. Sorry, he's doing something else. Okay. Yeah. And you? Sorry. Uh, Mike, how long have you been married, Mike? Five years. Five years. Five. Would you say? 24. 24. 27 for me. Nice. Yeah. Did I ever tell a you, to Did I ever share in the air that I forgot my first anniversary? Did you though? Mm-hmm.
3: How'd that go over? Mm-hmm. Did your husband remember? Uh huh. Mm-hmm.
4: And you know what he did? Hmm. He he came in with like uh, flowers, you know. Yeah. And I instantly had this look on my face, like, oh my gosh. He knew. I, like I totally. And he put both of his hands in triumph up in the air, and he said lifetime pass yeah
3: that's got he got that right <laughs> fabulous okay take a break come back we're going to talk about uh, a very i was specific... glad i was
4: married for a year
3: yeah maybe you were so happy i was
4: so happy i just the date the days had just slipped by right
3: right Well, no, you could tell them that we're going to talk about uh, an intentional community right
4: an intentional christian community
8: WORD.
3: Turning Point with David Jeremiah.
2: The optimist says we should look ahead. The pessimist says we should look out. And God says we should look up. In the midst of the chaos of our generation, we are to seek a perspective that can come only from God join dr david jeremiah for his series what do you think next time on turning point
1: this evening at 7 30 on 101.5 w o r d impact mortgage group dba cash call mortgage nmls id 128231 equal housing lender not licensed in all states including new york offer not available in washington call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions some limitations apply
8: happy holidays from your friends at cash call mortgage To help homeowners save money
4: during the holidays, we're waiving all our fees to any borrower who locks a rate with us before the new year. That's right, a true no-closing-cost mortgage loan. And if a no-closing-cost loan isn't enough... How about the interest rates under 2.99%? If you have a mortgage interest rate of 2.99% or greater, we
8: may be able to lower your monthly mortgage payment and save you cash. This holiday, enjoy no-closing-cost loans at Cash Call Mortgage.
1: For a free quote to see if you qualify for this special holiday savings offer, just visit CashCallMortgage.com or call us today at 800-990-6947. That's 800-990-6947. 800-990-6947.
6: Everyone gets hungry before the party. Why not give them something worth talking about without lifting a finger? Food. The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease whatever the occasion. Right now, get their special appetizer package added to your next menu. An inviting selection of hors d'oeuvres starting at $6.95 per person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com word and see what's cooking.
3: The Cooked Goose Catering Company. Just good food. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville is everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detail in to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle, got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray on bullet bed liners, offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412 257 1006 or visit Extremetruck.net. 412 257 1006, Extremetruck.net.
4: Make this holiday sparkle with a gift from L.S. Jewelers, one of the only area jewelers to offer certified lab-grown diamonds. Just as brilliant and pure as mined diamonds, you won't be able to spot the difference because lab-grown diamonds are 100% real for about 30% less. And since there's no mine, the most economical choice is also the most ethical. See, a diamond doesn't have to cost the world. L.S. Jewelers, Robinson Town Center across from Ikea at lsjewelers.com.
3: Okay. Living in community, in an intentional Christian community.
4: Those words freak me out a little.
3: Intentional Christian Mm -hmm. community. For a lot of people, that sounds like a slice of heaven on earth. You think?
4: And for a lot of people, it sounds like it's a socialist experiment.
3: But the fact of the matter is. Almost, right, since the very beginning, right, you look at the disciples, that's an intentional community. Yes, yes. So that model and has been were, around right. for thousands of years, right. whether people are cloistered or whether they're priests or nuns or whatnot.
4: Right, whether they're the Harmonists yes. in Harmony or Old Economy, whether mm-hmm. they're the Bruderhof.
3: Yes. So still to this day, that exists.
4: Right. Amish, Mennonite.
3: We saw an article in The Atlantic written by Emma Green called The Christian Withdrawal Experiment. Now, we've talked in some form about this over the years, especially when Rod Dreher wrote a book called The Benedict Option. That book is probably two and a half years old or so. The Benedict Option essentially is Rod Dreher's response to the madness of the modern world, essentially saying, we've had enough.
4: No, I don't think he's saying we've had
3: I think he is. Okay. I think he is. Do you think he's—
4: Well, to me, I think he's saying—I don't think it's an emotional response we've had enough. I think it's a rational response he's making by saying, okay, so if I'm an Orthodox Christian and I want to raise my children in that way yeah. and I want to observe the statutes that I believe Jesus set out for me, yes. I'm becoming increasingly unable to do that in America because America is becoming unfriendly to our belief system. Right. And so to preserve that— Maybe it's time to just back up, leave culture where it is, let it do its thing, and then we go into a more intentional type of community and we do what we think we have to do.
3: Okay, that's fair enough. Now, I don't want to speak for Rod Dreher, but I also think that there is an emotional response to that in that when you see the world as it is, especially raising a family, it's too much to bear. It's too difficult to juggle the onset of... <sighs> that technology of, of technology of, of
4: porn of instant access to every type of entertainment
3: of working 24 7 just to pay your bills right. and not being able to express yourself as a believer in community
4: and the fears that we talked about at the start of the show which is that our freedom of speech seems to be eroding because we're so put upon whenever any verbal mistake is made you know the call-out culture jumps on us all of a sudden we're like Wait, wait a minute. Maybe that's not what I meant. I really didn't mean that. But there's no way to apologize. There's no way to go back. There's no way to regain what you've lost. And so now you have a whole culture of people who are afraid to say.
3: And at the same time, like our last guest, how many people right now are deeply lonely and disconnected from any type of community, Christian or otherwise? And so people sit in their homes, Christian or otherwise, and they are lost, surrounded by millions of people, but still ultimately alone.
4: Right. So when people reach out for community, they say, we want it, we're going to sacrifice some things to get it. It is sometimes surprising how it ends up.
3: Yes, it is sometimes surprising.
4: So a half an hour down the highway from Topeka, Kansas, not far from the geographic center of the United States, sits the town of St. Mary's. St. Mary's is home to a chapter of something called the Society of St. Pius X or John SSPX. It's named for the early 20th century pope who railed against the forces of modernism. The International Order of Priests was formed in the aftermath of Vatican II— Um, which happened in the 1960s. And it's not, though that order of of the um, Catholic Church is not formally recognized by the Vatican, the priests of SSPX see themselves as defenders of the true practices of Roman Catholicism, including the traditional Latin Mass, which is celebrated every single day in St. Mary's at their gigantic cathedral. I'm reading an article in The Atlantic by Emma Green called The Christian Withdrawal Experiment.
3: Here's what's fascinating about this whole experiment experiment in the four decades that st mary's and the followers of sspx have more than doubled the town's size every day every day there are six masses parishioners fill the society. every day there yes. are six masses yep parishioners fill the society's chapel to capacity Overflow services are held in the gym of the Society's Academy, which inhabitants are imposing an imposing campus built by the Jesuit missionaries called St. Mary's Home in the 19th century. The school was constantly running out of classroom space, and people scramble to find accommodations that are affordable because the thing is so gigantic. It's taken off. People have come from around the country to be part of an intentional Christian community where they are able to live as they so choose.
4: Emma Green tells the story of Michelle and Francis Snyder, who moved to this community in St. Mary's seven years ago. Um, They were high school sweethearts. They had gotten married young. He was having trouble making enough money. In his various occupations, he was kind of trying to cobble stuff together. She was working at Panera. They wanted to have a lot of kids. They were faithful Catholics. They weren't going to use birth control. So they were expecting that they were going to have a big family, but really not enough cash coming in to provide for that. They felt more and more isolated from American culture because American culture was going in one direction. They didn't want to do the technology thing. They didn't want to enter into any of that. And so they decided that they would pick up and they would move with their three kids to this community of St. Mary's near Topeka, Kansas.
3: To be honest? Yeah. I get it. And in some ways, it's thrilling to think that you're surrounded by like-minded people who love the Lord, that there is security because the the main people, the main couple in this article, as they land in this intentional community as SPX, they have found jobs, the corporations that are owned by members of the community, so they're stable. And they are able to do as they please. Now, in this article in The Atlantic, they paint in, in many ways. Emma Green does a really good job of showing a lot of different sides of this community. But what I really love is that they show the kids, kids growing up and kids, you know, hanging out in community with each other, playing the piano, playing the banjo, doing things like, you know, you did 50, 60, right, 75 years ago. Right, they're not hanging ago. out on their phones. right. So they're they're disavowing in some ways technology,
4: but not completely, because they also said that this is a group of people that's not Amish-like in their approach. It's not like they're trying to distance themselves completely from society. They've got Hulu, they're watching football games, they do they shop at Walmart, you know, they do regular American things. But when it comes to raising their kids, they're just trying to step away. Exactly. Now this couple, Michelle and Francis Snyder, have had three different three new children since they moved there seven years ago. So they have six total. This is what Michelle says. She relies on her neighbors for carpooling, and in emergencies, she trusts them implicitly. We're all Catholic, she told me. We're all raising our children to get to heaven. Right.
3: The education takes place at St. Mary's Academy. Students are strictly separated by gender. Little girls wear Mary Janes and jumpers to class on the upper part of campus. The boys, in crew cuts and ties, learn in the buildings of the lower campus. Female students compete in intramural sports, such as volleyball and archery, but against other girls. The boys compete against sports teams in the area, although the school attracted controversy in 2008 for forfeiting a basketball game when a woman showed up to referee. So you can see
4: that there's a lot of top-down rulemaking, which is finding its way into this group, which isn't that the case with Pretty much every group like this. Yes. And that's where we cross over from a community into a potential cult. Yeah. And I'm not saying that this is one, but I'm saying that there are enough warning signs that I think it's worth being concerned. But let's talk about how they ended up there and why they went. Why these people, all these thousands of people, have ended up congregating and moving their whole families to Topeka, Kansas. This is Emma Green's article. She says, when they lived in other places, many families— felt isolated by their faith, keenly aware that their theological convictions were out of step with America's evolving cultural sensibilities and what they perceive as the growing liberalism of the Catholic Church, especially on issues related to gay marriage and abortion. They're wary of being labeled bigots by coworkers and even friends. They worried that their children would be exposed to things like violent TV shows or porn. That's what caused them to do this gigantic move. Some of them have moved thousands of miles or right. over a thousand miles to get there. So
3: take away the word Catholic and just substitute it with Baptist or Protestant or Methodist. Okay,
4: so she brings up a couple other community groups that have done the same thing. Listen to this. In Philadelphia, Baltimore, and D.C., contemporary followers of Marcus Garvey, the 20th century Pan-African activist and thinker, have built infrastructure Mm -hmm. designed to free black people from systemic oppression, community gardens to provide food in neighborhoods devoid of grocery stores, and Afrocentric schools that teach black pride. They also talk about young leftist Jews who are skeptical of assimilation have founded a number of Yiddish-speaking farms in upstate New York in an effort to preserve their ethnic heritage. Environmentalists also, John, have established sustainable settlements in rural Virginia, which serve as both utopian experiments in low-impact living and shelters for the climate disaster ahead, which they're sure is coming. So it's not just Christians that are feeling marginalized. It's a whole bunch of people that are feeling marginalized, and their solution is the same. Let's go off and just be with people like us.
3: Right, and I believe with the rise of technology, although the technology is the boogeyman, that there will be more and more communities like this. Whether they're Christian by nature, or they're people who are on a Reddit thread, and you know they're environmentalists, or they're people who like to play board games—I mean, that's ridiculous—but you know what I'm saying? Right, that people find like-minded people and don't want to put up with the hassle. Okay, of but here's the problem:
4: but the hassle is what makes America, America. And that's the problem. As much as I see the draw of this, the whole push and pull between people who believe different things and think different things and have different worldviews is what makes America a melting pot. So if we decide we only want to be with people like us and we withdraw into a small community, our chances of impacting the larger culture have now become zero.
3: But do you think that's... uh a mission for this group? Well, to it clearly, impact a larger uh, culture? Clearly, it isn't a mission no, for the group. Because,
4: but I'm saying I feel like it should be a mission for the group. Because if we're Americans, we're also concerned about the greater culture. That's right. what the e pluribus unum is. Okay,
3: but Rod Dreher, uh, you know, he, he argues in the Benedict option that organizations like monasteries have existed for thousands right. of years yes. and right. their their doors are open. It's an open door policy. So any stranger can come in and yeah. stay for an, an no, amount right. of time free of charge. Right. They you're are right. a light on the I hill. And I get
4: that. It's not, you're right. It's not like there's barbed wire no. up around these communities. You're but, welcome. At, but at the same time, it takes a brave person to walk into a monastery. The average person is not going to wander into a monastery.
3: Well, I, I guess the Depending upon what they want, or what they, if that brave person is exhausted or broke yeah, or deeply right. in need of community, right. they'll find that source.
4: Okay, let me go back to just talking about the SSPX for a minute.
3: Okay, I know what you're going to bring up here
4: because I think it's important to say
3: because as you talk about you know this, and believe me, both of us reading this article, we loved it, loved the idea yeah. of it, but it also comes with a lot of different tangles, and this is the biggest tangle of all for me.
4: Among the post-Vatican II changes that this society, the SSPX, rejects is the church's declaration regarding its relationship with non-Christian religions, including a passage repudiating the long-held belief that Jews are responsible for the death of Christ. In 1989, a Nazi collaborator convicted of committing war crimes in Vichy, France, was caught hiding out at an SSPX monastery in Nice. Two decades later, Richard Williamson, a former SSPX bishop gave an interview denying the Nazis had used gas chambers and claiming that no more than 200,000 or 300,000 Jews had died in the Holocaust. Okay, so there's something instantly profoundly wrong with their theology and their worldview if they're looking at the Jews as being responsible for killing Jesus when we know in our theology that every one of us is responsible for killing Jesus because he's an offense to every person who sins.
3: So there's the dark underbelly. So
4: there's the dark underbelly. And the problem with a group that's closed like this and doesn't interact with culture is they're also missing out. On the culture speaking into their thing.
3: Right. But at the same time, this, this community, I think everybody would love to have that once again, if that but ever would you even want, existed. But
4: would you want to have that all the time? Would you want to live there?
3: You know how I am. I mean.
4: <laughs> you want to live by yourself. Right. Our Pretty roommate, much. Right? right.
3: Yeah. I mean, but I mean, we talk. Look at Disney World. What's it called? Celebration USA. Oh, Celebration USA. USA. Right? People, they've created this false community. Now, that's
4: not based for, on- For Disney workers. No, no. For, 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 wealthy, for wealthy homeowners for wealthy, to go right. there. In this there sort of
3: some... idyllic America of 1930 okay. or something like that.
4: But all of these things, to me, do set off the creep meter. Why? Because it, there's it's something- It's so in- inclusive. It, yeah. Or exclusive.
3: Exclusive. But I get it. It's both. It's both in and ex. But I get it because the world is so full of craziness. You want to hedge against I the know. insanity. And you want to be around like-minded people. Right. And,
4: th- and look, the bottom line is if you're talking about these people, the SSPX, their perspective on the world is vilified every single day. In every single media outlet there is. And I'm not talking about the anti Semitism part. I'm just talking about their general worldview. Right. And so, whether it's them or it's the community that wants to create a safe space for blacks or the environmentalists or the Yiddish or wh- wh- whatever community it is that Emma Green talks about, I think they're all going at this for the same reason, but I think they're all going to be vulnerable to the same problem.
3: Exactly. It's not a new idea. Like we said in the beginning, this has been around for thousands of years. Would you, as a listener, would well, you want to do this? Is this something that would appeal to you? Would you separate yourself from your immediate family to go live in a wider community to find comfort and, for a lot of people, that communion with Christ in a wider sense? I'm curious about that. L- look up the article, Emma Green from The Atlantic, The Christian Withdrawal Experiment. We'll take a break, come back. We've got lots more ahead, won't you please? Hey, uh, during the 5 o'clock hour, we're going to talk about the best books of 2019. Stick around for that. Every day
6: across western Pennsylvania, tough breaks happen to honest folks. Layoffs happen to single parents. Evictions happen to families with babies. And empty bank accounts happen to hungry people. But thankfully, every day in our community, good people happen to bad things. Your sustaining monthly gift of just $25 doubles the Salvation Army's ability to assist our neighbors battling poverty and help them win.
3: Join the fight for good by texting WORDFM to 91999. The team at MyPillow is grateful for you this holiday season. So grateful, they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dreams bedsheets are made with this long staple cotton, and he guarantees they'll be the The most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors. And like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can buy one, get one free by calling 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free, plus free shipping. Call 800-391-0954 or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure to use the promo code WORD. Get
6: away without going far. Lose yourself without being lost. At Antiochian Village near Historic Ligonier, 300 acres of pristine woodlands await to refresh and inspire you. With 100 hotel-style lodging rooms, 20 meeting rooms, amazing food, and award-winning desserts, it's 360 degrees of mountain views bathed in the warmth of Christian hospitality. Book your next church or youth retreat now at antiochianvillage.org. In years past, most families had a local jeweler they could go to with confidence and trust. In these changing times, one store has managed to stay the same. LS Jewelers has been family owned and operated for over 65 years. LS Jewelers in Robinson Town Center is a full service jewelry store. We have the largest selection of laboratory certified diamonds and engagement rings with both the finest quality and the best price. We also
0: do custom design work as well as in-house repair. Don't trust your diamond purchase with just anyone. Come to LS Jewelers for the best price, service, quality and and selection.
1: Every client
6: basically needs some kind of a digital strategy. As a digital marketing strategist with Salem Surround, you'll have the tools to provide media solutions that surround your client's target audience.
1: I can go out and tell a client I can reach the amount of audience that you need to be able to grow your business. It has nothing to do with, oh, we need to sell this thing today. We're able to sit down with a client and say, what would make you successful? Salem Surround, a division of Salem Media Group, an equal
6: opportunity employer. Join the Pittsburgh team at salemsurround.com/slash careers
4: this day in history december 7th i'm not going to say the year i'm going to quiz you do you already know it the 17th do you know what the year is yes Mike, why can't I ever fool him? No, because I'm a big big geek about this. Okay, Orville Wright made history's first sustained airplane flight, lasting 12 seconds and covering 120 feet near Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. His brother, Wilbur, flew 852 feet later that day.
3: So on this date in 1903, the Wright brothers, with the help of local townies in the Outer Banks and Kill Devil Hill, they assembled this rudimentary i mean when you see it i've been to the museum down in the outer banks it's big and beautiful and it's made of you know wood that's um just it looks like it's so fragile and cobbled mm-hmm. together with canvas wings and they took off with a with an engine and so it made the first official you know engine powered flight Before that, guys had flown on gliders, but because there was an engine on the airplane and the engine itself, half of it was created here in the city of Pittsburgh by Alcoa, it made history. Now, the cool thing is after these four flights, the Wright brothers, they wired back that day to their sister in Dayton, Ohio, where the Wright brothers owned a bicycle shop. And they said, we've had success, but it really did not reach the press until about five months later. It wasn't some instantaneous, gigantic celebration.
4: That's because their sister didn't post to Facebook. Right, yeah. Because then it would have gotten out faster.
3: So from this day forward, then the Wright brothers, for the rest of their lives, they were caught up in patent wars with other people who were trying to jump on board. But the Wright brothers did prevail, and it is true. It's a matter of historical record. On this date, man first took flight with power under controlled conditions. Hooray for the Wright brothers.
8: word that changes the world.
4: 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh,
8: a service of Salem Media Group.
6: With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump has sent a scathing letter to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi accusing Democrats of perversion of justice and abuse of power in their efforts to remove him from office. During a meeting with Guatemalan President Jimmy Morales, President Trump says the Democrats' central impeachment argument is flawed.
0: They took a perfect phone call that I had with the president of Ukraine. An absolutely perfect call. You know it, they all know it. Uh, Nothing was said wrong in that call. To impeach the president of the United States for that is a disgrace. The House is expected to
6: vote Wednesday on the impeachment
0: articles. A good day on Wall Street
6: as the Dow was up by 31 points to 28,267. The NASDAQ rose nine. The S&P 500 advanced one. Oil continued its climb up 73 cents to 60.94 a barrel. This is SRN News.
0: The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. Your $60 gift to Save the Children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. We've just received the news that your gift to save the children will now be doubled. That's right. Thanks to a generous private donor, every life-saving dollar you give will double to change the lives of children. Please call Save the Children right now. 888-884-4836. 888-884-4836. That's 888 888- Eight eight four four eight three six. 4836 You can give online at savechildrentoday.org. This is Peter on his motorcycle. Whoa, the open road. And this is Peter off his motorcycle. Um, please move your paper off my
6: desk. Thank you.
0: On his motorcycle. I feel so alive. Off his motorcycle.
1: I feel like we covered that already, so. On.
0: Wow, look at the ocean.
1: Off. Look at this article I found
2: about urban planning are better on your bike. Progressive helps keep you on it. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
8: Hey, this is Laura's story. Are you ready to deepen your faith on a spectacular week-long Alaska cruise? After you prepare your heart with worship led by Michael O'Brien and myself, Alistair Begg will be sharing from God's Word, and together we will renew our vision, purpose, and connection with Christ. We'll let Scripture steer our hearts as we explore God's eternal truths together.
6: Salem Media group presents the deeper faith alaska cruise august 30th through september 6th 2020 get more details at wordfm.com alaska as we
7: enter this holiday season we've stopped to reflect on what we're grateful for this is greg Trzynski, and at the original mattress factory we're grateful for you our loyal customers with your support more than half of our business comes from repeat customers and referrals and we have been hometown made for nearly 30 years so thank you We look forward to building new relationships and providing the high quality and great value that you've come to expect from the original mattress factory.
1: We wish you and your family a happy and healthy holiday season and a wonderful new year. This
6: Christmas, put 36 holes in your golf lover's stocking for half the price with the Salem Half Price Golf Card. Get half off savings now while supplies last. Good for 18 holes at Pheasant Ridge and 18 more at Harmony Ridge. With cart, just $53. Order now before they're gone at pittsburgh.discountshoppingclub.com. So find some stockings and put a hole in one at pittsburgh.discountshoppingclub.com.
5: Tonight, partly cloudy and colder with a low of 20. Tomorrow, a snow squall late in the morning, accumulating coating to an inch. Otherwise low clouds, breezy with a couple of snow showers in the afternoon. Squalls can bring whiteout conditions at times with a high of 27. Thursday, tops of clouds and sun the high of 29. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick.
2: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy
3: Emmons. Years ago, when the iPhone first came in to, uh, to being, mm-hmm. management was very kind. And they said, John, here is your brand new iPhone. It's yours. And I was like, oh, yeah.
4: The only thing is, they said, we have to be able to reach you at all times.
3: Right. Now, for me, it's, you know, there's a benefit to having this phone, of course. Because, oh, of course. And it's a benefit for the corporation to have me to have this phone because it's not nine to five anymore or nine to six, as the case may be here. Because you're on, and so when you leave at 9 o'clock in the evening or 11 o'clock or at 7 a.m. or 2 a.m. in many cases, you're looking at emails, you're researching, you're talking, you're thinking, and you're using your phone or a company-supplied laptop to do that work. Well, there's an article in today's Wall Street Journal, and um, it says this. The headline is, Meet Chet. His employer knows what time he got up today. Because of the rise of company-owned and controlled web devices. Now, if the corporation wanted to do so, they could look at my emails. They could look Mm. at chats.
4: Oh, when I got on Twitter this morning.
3: Right. They can see if location services are turned on and they have access to that. They could see when I'm going to lunch. Now, wait. When I come back.
4: Are they – so meet Chet. Chet's employer doing that?
3: Well, listen to this. Your employer, this is from the article of the Wall Street Journal, Sarah Kraus. your employer may know a lot more about you than you think. The tone of your voice in meetings, how often you're away from your desk, how quickly you respond to emails. To an employee of a large company in the United States now often means becoming a workforce data generator. From the first email sent from bed in the morning to the Wi-Fi hotspots used during lunch to the new business contact added before going home, employees are parsing those interactions to learn who is influential, which teams are most productive, and who is a flight risk for leaving the company for another job. So they go into the story and Microsoft has tools. Microsoft tallies data, the frequency of chats, emails, meetings between its staff and clients. It uses Office three sixty five and they measure employees' productivity, management efficiency, work life balance. Well okay,
4: so so there actually are supervisors checking on this for Chet?
3: Yes. Now,
4: there might be supervisors checking on that for us.
3: Could be. So Microsoft has built the capabilities to be able to do this. Now they sell these platforms to corporate America. And I, I believe that, you know, um, now I've, for us, I mean, in, in my uh, agreement as an employee here, I don't I don't to really parse it very carefully. There has to be some legalese that says they are doing such things. That Probably they, they, they
4: work, that because they own the device, right. they have the right to monitor us as needed. Exactly
3: right. So this is the new normal, I believe, for corporate America. Now, what they're saying is in the Wall Street Journal article, only larger corporations are doing this. Now, if you're working for a small company, right, they're not going to have twenty the, or more employees, the tech
4: power, or the or the time or the energy,
3: the wherewithal to do it.
4: Right. It'd be a lot easier to just trust you right. that you're doing a good job or not.
3: So we always used to worry about 1984 and the rise of Big Brother. We have long We've, since passed exactly. that. Exactly. Long since passed that. Now, essentially, if you want to paint it this way in a negative tone, as a corporate drone, we know you. We own you. You are ours. And that's what it is. That's rough. That's how it is.
4: That's rough. I thought we were the, the great frontiersmen in America where mm-hmm. we were going to go off on our own and conquer our own land and be our own man. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't we going to do that? Isn't that what Paul Engels did?
3: Yeah. Maybe if you go back to our last segment and uh, join an intentional community somewhere right. in Topeka, Kansas. But somebody's on tabs with you all the time if you're so inclined. Right? Just how it is. Okay. All we'll right. take a break. Come back. We're going to talk with Byron Borger from Hearts and Minds Bookstore about the best books of 2019. We always love this year And I'll segment. be
4: compiling them frantically on social media.
3: Very nice. So maybe just in time for your shopping at Hearts and Minds Bookstore, Byron Borger, Best Books of 2019. That's next.
4: Hey, there are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. And fortunately, I know someone that's been on the forefront of health insurance for years. It's Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Now, Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They can help to determine which plan is right for you. They can expertly help you to choose the best plan for your needs, and they'll do it prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Do you have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. All of Marley's plans are ACA compliant. And because they know how to design the plans, most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousands of dollars a year. So call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496, or find him on the web, marleyfg.com. 101.5
8: 101.5 woRD
1: this week on through the Bible we come to what many consider to be one of the most difficult passages in the Bible to interpret join us in our continuing Bible bus trip through the book of Hebrews as we roll up our sleeves and dig in with the guidance of our teacher dr. J Vernicke. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD.
6: Camping in the great outdoors can be a lot of fun, but it's not the most conducive environment for your next retreat. Antiochian Village offers the best of both worlds, with 300 acres of beautiful woodlands near historic Ligonier, plus all the technology and connectivity you'd need to make your retreat a success. With 100 hotel-style guest rooms, 18 meeting rooms, and several outstanding full-service dining menus, 10,000 guests every year can't be wrong. Antiochian Village. Book now at antiochianvillage.org.
3: At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme gift ideas for everyone on your list. From annual favorites like remote starters to truck accessories, lift kits, weather tech floor liners, tonneau covers, electronics, wheels and accessories, and more. Heard of Drone Mobile? Use your smartphone to control, secure, and even track your vehicle from anywhere in the world. Don't know what to get? Get a gift card. For an extreme selection of the year's most extreme gifts, visit Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville at ExtremeTruck.net. This Christmas, put 36 holes in your golf
6: lover's stocking for half the price with the Salem Half Price Golf Card. Get half off savings now while supplies last. Good for 18 holes at Pheasant Ridge and 18 more at Harmony Ridge. With cart, just $53. Order now before they're gone at Pittsburgh.DiscountShoppingClub.com. So find some stockings and put a hole in one at pittsburgh.discountshoppingclub.com. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. In our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. Discount deals just in time for birthdays, special occasions, or just because. And all from the comfort of your own computer or smartphone. Great deals and awesome savings. Log on
2: now to wordfm.com. Keyword shopping. Everybody's making money at it except you. You're losing holiday business to your online competitors. Talk to us at Salem Surround, digital marketing experts who offer a free analysis of your online marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales coming out of this season. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround, increasing sales dramatically. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. That's surroundpittsburgh.com.
3: So we're coming up on the very end of the year, and and I always like this because, you know, you, you see the list out there from all the different media outlets, you know, best movies of the year, best TV shows well this is our version of this and we've invited Byron Borger back again mm-hmm. it's one of our most uh, our most anticipated segments yes. of the year where we go to hearts and Minds bookstore in Dallastown PA where Byron Borger bookstore owner extraordinaire joins us to talk about his best picks in books for 2019 Byron
4: welcome back to the show how are you friend
7: it is great to be with you again. I am sorry it's been a while since we've connected, but uh, this is good.
4: I know we were sad about it for a while, but now that you're back with us, we're happy again. Byron, I mean, you're I what anticipated you're... at least from a couple of us that love books still. Exactly. You know what? There are a lot of us that love books. I it's think just so. that there's so much claim on our time from other things. It requires more discipline now to read. I think than ever. You agree with that, Byron?
7: Yeah. Yeah, that's really true.
4: Yeah. So, talk about. Um, hearts and minds a little bit before we go into the best books of the year hearts and minds in dallastown pa you've been in business for how long
7: We've uh, just celebrated our 37th year, so we're in our 38th year now. We uh, used to work for the Coalition for Christian Outreach out in Pittsburgh, helped start that Jubilee conference that you often talk about. Um, And so we lived in Pittsburgh in the 70s, and we used books in ministry all the time, and we realized we just wanted to start a bookstore. So we moved back to central Pennsylvania, south of Harrisburg, near York, where we are now. We have a website that's read all over the world, and. uh, at least get to sell a few books here and there throughout the, the country and um, come out to Pittsburgh to sell books at conferences every once and again. So we're on the road sometimes, but we have a real brick-and-mortar shop here in Dallastown.
3: Fabulous. So, Byron, the first time I attended Jubilee, I saw your massive display. And you, I mean, you bring, I mean, it is gigantic. You bring more than, it feels like half the bookstore is with you at Jubilee. And I remember I was with somebody and they said, Oh, there's Byron Borger. And I was like, I, I don't know who that is. And they said, Well, he, he owns his bookstore. And here's the deal go approach Byron. And if you, if you've got a particular subject in mind, you want to talk about, forgiveness or grace or predestination or single parents or history or whatnot, you have a conversation with Byron, and Byron will go and he'll find four or five titles that fit what you were looking for exactly. And to be honest, that was not overselling. Mm-mm. That's exactly what happens. You are that guy.
7: Well, praise the Lord. It's a great opportunity to give resources to folks and get things into people's hands and People like you that bring in authors onto your radio show so often help uh, people come to know that there are good resources out there. It's, it's, uh, it, it is a little tricky sometimes to find just the right one for just the right person, and and that's our ministry and our calling to try to help connect just what the sweet spot is on a given person. So when when we even start talking about the best books, the question is best for whom, right. and and what makes what makes a book the best. So I'm a little reluctant to say this is the book of the year. But I, I love talking about my favorites of the year, the things that at least I like the best, or that are best sellers that other people seem to, to resonate with. Um, but this idea that there's one book for everybody that they have to read, it depends on where they're at and what they're interested in and what God is doing in their life and what they need. So, yeah, that art of sort of trying to connect the book and the reader. What a joy that is.
4: But because we know you, Byron, we trust your opinion. And I'm not going to go to you and say this is the best book everyone should agree for this year. But I want to know what book you think is the best for this year, but not until the end. So tell us. So let's start off somewhere. I don't know what genre you want to go with first. But let's talk about the books that you think were the best of 2019.
7: Okay, well, I'll tell you one right off the start that actually came out at the very end of last year. So this is cheating a little bit. But it's called Advent. The Once and Future Coming of Jesus Christ. It's a collection of Advent sermons from uh, an Episcopal preacher named Fleming Rutledge, who's one of the most important writers of our time. She has a book on Tolkien, she has a collection of sermons, she has a book on the cross.
4: cross, This
7: Advent book is so, so good, because there's hardly anything like it in print that reminds us that in the liturgical calendar for those churches that celebrate Advent, it is not waiting for Jesus to come. He already has come. It's not a countdown to Christmas Day. It's waiting for the second coming. And so Advent, historically, is a time of sort of confession and thinking about judgment and anticipation and hope, waiting for the restoration of the creation that Jesus promises. And so this longing to Get Out of Exile, you know, Come Thou Long-Expected Jesus, or mm-hmm. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, these sort of sad songs, are exactly what this book is about. Advent, the once and future coming of Jesus Christ it's a collection of sermons it's big and expensive and heavy and I think it's uh, one of the books of our lifetime I just don't know anything like it in 30 years I've been selling books Wow Fleming Rutledge that's
4: that's quite a recommendation Fleming Rutledge she is
3: one of the heavyweights I mean I've got a book on hers that I think was out uh, maybe two or three years ago on the cross The yes crucifixion yeah that's the big
7: one yeah that's her that's the hefty that's really hefty but this is these are sermons they were all preached um, so they're not too academic but they are good, meaty things about what we mean by Advent. So that's a really, really nice book that I'm reading now. I didn't finish it last Advent because I wanted to wait for this season. So I'm dipping into it now and really, really liking it. Another book that I think this year that is just really, really a, a, a wonderful contribution to Christian literature is a book that's edited by Karen Swallow Pryor, who oh, you know, yes. and Josh Chatra. And they edited it. It's called Cultural Engagement. Yeah, this is a good one a crash course on contemporary issues, and it shows a variety of viewpoints on peace and justice and racial reconciliation and abortion and bioengineering and sexuality questions, just a whole range of how we relate to the world, the culture, the political uh, vibe of the day, whether it's you know the, ac- the arts, uh, just all kinds of ways in which we think about... Um, uh, the contemporary culture in which we live and what it means to serve God as salt and light in that world. But it doesn't have as much of an agenda as some books do, conservative or progressive. It's really shown a variety of views and helping readers think through where we should stand on a variety of things and what postures we have as we engage the culture. So that's a real resource. Yeah,
4: I, I think resource is the right word for that book, Byron. There are so many issues that are covered, and it's just so um, – it's reasonable, I think, in its presentation, and its I really enjoyed that book. Some some books
7: are like that. You can dip into them at any point and use it. I, I uh, suspect you've had Karen on the air. Yeah, many she's times. She's uh, an author who writes about literature mostly, but she's also um, a Southern Baptist who's engaged in the culture and a moderate voice, as you say, so that's good. Terrific. You know, I know one of the things that you guys care about and—, and, uh, and um, Kathy, you're always at that Jubilee Professional, the day before right. Jubilee. Um, and there's a book about working, taking your faith into the work world, and working in the presence of God as you work in your regular so-called secular jobs, uh, by a woman named Denise Daniels. <laughs> Sharon Vanderworker is the other author. It's two women working in the presence of God. There's such a big genre of literature on faith in the marketplace now. Um, and we've got dozens of books on that topic. And this one, because it's written by women, and it's not just sort of just a Christian perspective, but actual sort of spiritual practices for how one engages uh, the Holy Spirit and God, uh, senses God's guidance in, in, in the work of day world. Um, spiritual disciplines, like, uh, you know, confession and lament and... Keeping spiritual solitude. Like, how do you do that at work and mm-hmm. for your work? So it's, it's. I think it's a pretty unique book. Working in the presence of God. I think, at least in that genre, it's my pick for the book of the year in that in that field.
4: Wonderful. Wow, terrific. That's Denise Daniels, and uh, who's the? I don't. I forget the other author. Author. Okay. Shannon Vander Walker. Okay. It's working. Yeah, and the and the title's Working in the Presence of God. Working in the presence of God. Yep. Got it. Yep. Okay. Keep us going. Um,
7: everybody many people like the questions of
4: spiritual formation
7: we have a lot of books on Christians in the arts guess what this is, brings them together it's a book called learning from Henry Mallon and Vincent van Gogh what? A portrait of the compassionate life Henry Mallon taught one class at Harvard once on Vincent van Gogh and how van Gogh's suffering as a Christian artist and his own depression and suffering and concern for the poor helped him become more compassionate. Mm. And so he taught this course at, at Harvard on, as a cha- when he was a chaplain there on being compassionate. But he used Nowen as a, or used the Van Gogh as an example. Well, everybody's talked about this class. It's mentioned in his biographies, but nobody's ever really known much about it. A lady had came forth that was in the class and took copious notes. And she said, This is what I learned. And it's got artwork in it. It's her memories of really? Henry. It's what Henry said about Van Gogh and then how it affected her as she's learned to become more compassionate. So learning from Henry Nowen and Vincent Van Gogh.
3: That sounds fascinating.
7: Carol Barry is the author and it's a it's a beautiful book.
4: Terrific. If you're following along on social media or you want to be following along and you think, I, I'm driving home and I can't write this fast, don't worry because I'm putting all these things up on Facebook. So if you just find the post that has Byron's name attached to it, you'll look for the graphic with all the books. Go underneath, you'll see in the comment section each book that Byron's recommending for us. Very nice.
3: Byron Borger is with us from a hearts and minds bookstore in Dallastown, PA. Byron, take a second and talk about your website because I love your book blog. You're always a, a, a really a wide-ranging reader and then you post reviews on of- On the book blog,
7: well, you just said it. Yeah, it's called Book Notes, and you can subscribe for free. And uh, about every week, I just either list a bunch of books, or celebrate new books, or do an in-depth review of maybe one or two books. Um, Just this past week, I celebrated a book that I'm going to not mention right now because it's one of the books of the year that I'll mention. Good, good. Keep us in suspense. Highlighting some titles. Uh, The week before, I did all kids' books. The week before that, I did Advent books. So, yeah, our, our book notes, it's called, is a great way to kind of keep up with stuff, at least that we enjoy and, 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 and like a lot.
4: That's Byron Borger, owner of Hearts and Minds Bookstore in Town, PA. We're talking about his very favorite books of 2019. Okay, before we uh, break, we have a couple more minutes, Byron, so give us a couple more.
7: Do you know Tom Terrence? And if you had him on here no. air again. No, we've not. Tom, as an old friend that used to work while well, he's still the emeritus director of the C.S. Lewis Institute mm, in Washington, sure. D.C., okay. old pals from Pittsburgh like Art Lindsley were involved with him, Tom. St- Steve Garber. Tom Terence's memoir came out called Consumed by Hate, hmm. Redeemed by Love. It's a violent story of his Ku Klux oh. Klan years, this gentle Christian leader, Tom Terrence, You can hardly believe it if you know Tom. Uh, went to jail for attempted murder when he attempted to bomb a uh, Jewish home in the South. He was, the, the Klan was too lame for him. He was part of a more militant bombing uh, terrorist group that was white supremacist. Uh, he had shootouts with the cops. He, it's amazing that he lived because uh, he was shot so often by the police in the shootout. Ended up in jail, continued to be a white supremacist of the most evil sort. And uh, long story short, he comes to a faith in Jesus while he's in prison, what? and he starts helping the chaplain doing interracial ministry. He tries to reach out to the police that he shot and people that he bombed and tried to bring reconciliation. And through a long, long, complicated story of miracles, the governor suggested that he go to a Chuck Colson event, a breakpoint radio. Really? was doing, And they got his uh, sentence removed, and they let him out wow and as uh he spent years in jail even in solitary for a while he was vicious and he has no pride in this of course it's just a terribly embarrassing situation uh awful sinful consumed by hate but he was redeemed by jesus and he was a new man that's incredible and he began to pastor an urban church in washington dc
3: and byron what what the, years this were this story
7: is tremendous
3: yeah what what years did this take place
7: this would have been, I'm, as I'm recalling, I mean, I
4: 1969. Read, it's in. The, say that again. 1969.
7: Yeah, it was the late 60s in Mississippi where he lived. He lived in Mississippi and he lived in Alabama when he actually was doing this in this campaign against the Jews, um, and, and, and blacks, of course. Uh, just an. an awful that is story. an amazing story. I've never, I've never heard that story.
4: Living. Instantly, John and I are trying to. John's trying to figure out how he can, you know, <laughs> like reach him.
7: It's 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 amazing.
3: Fabulous. Wow. Okay, give us one more book and we'll take a break and then come back and we've got more time as well.
7: Well, speaking of these kind of stories that are amazing, our friend Jeremy Courtney yeah. that started medical mission yep. in Iraq with children eventually has shifted some of his work into Syria right. and he has a memoir of his mission work called Love Anyway about um, believing in a world, even though it's scary as all get out, where love can win and we can serve others regardless. He's betrayed by some radical Muslims. He's there serving on the ground with genocide happening with the Qizizis. Um He's there in the middle of northern Syria, and it is a riveting read. His yep. own faith and doubt is, is very evident in the book. It's painful to read in a lot of ways as he's struggling of what it means to be faithful to this gospel of love in the midst of this violence. Well, I love Jeremy.
4: I mean, I follow along with him on social media and the Preemptive Love Coalition, and I didn't yep. even know he had that book out.
7: It just came out about a half a year ago. There's a little documentary film about it, um, too, called Love Anyway.
3: Fabulous. Wow. Byron Borger's with us from Hearts and Minds Bookstore in Dallastown, Pennsylvania. Find us
4: on Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Look for the uh, book graphic. You'll see Byron's name, and below are all the books he's recommended so far.
3: Very nice. We need to step away for just a few minutes, but stay with us. Byron Borger as well. If you're a reader, this is the uh, prime spot You want to get your books for the holidays for the people you love or for yourself from Hearts and Minds Bookstore. Be right back.
6: Rich Engler presents Christmas with Michael W. Smith. the
1: most wonderful time
9: of the year.
6: And Mark Martell. It's
9: beginning to look a lot like Christmas.
6: Christmas with Michael W. Smith and his band. 7 p.m. December 19th at Christchurch at Grove Farm in Sowickley. Tickets available at itickets.com or call 800 965 9324.
3: Welcomed by Word FM. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out of town storm chasers going door to door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows Are Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and... One of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com.
4: Oh, wow!
0: It can't be. Oh, yes,
4: yes, yes! Oh, where have you been?
8: If you snore, the first time you use Mute can be quite an experience.
2: (laughs) I can breathe. I can breathe. Snoring can happen when your nose is blocked, forcing you to breathe through your mouth. Mute is a comfortable nasal breathing device designed
4: to increase airflow through the nose by gently opening the airways. (laughs) Thanks to Mute, you get all the air you need through your nose and not your mouth, which means less snoring and more chance
8: of sleep. Oh, that's the best night I've had in years.
4: In
0: trials, 75% of couples reported a reduction in snoring when using Mute. Available at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid and other fine stores. To find your local store or for more information, go to MuteSnoring.com. Mute. Breathe more, snore less, sleep better.
6: This Christmas, put 36 holes in your golf lover stocking for half the price with the Salem Half Price Golf Card. Get half off savings now while supplies last. Good for 18 holes at Pheasant Ridge and 18 more at Harmony Ridge. With cart, just $53. Order now before they're gone at pittsburgh.discountshoppingclub.com. So find some stockings and put a hole in one at pittsburgh.discountshoppingclub.com.
5: Tonight, partly cloudy and colder with a low of 20. Tomorrow, a snow squall late in the morning, accumulating coating to an inch. Otherwise low clouds, breezy with a couple of snow showers in the afternoon. Squalls can bring whiteout conditions at times with a high of 27. Thursday, times of clouds and sun with a high of 29. With your Acu Weather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. See, you've
2: been getting into a
3: little light
5: reading. It's called reading. Top to bottom, left to right. Group words together as a sentence.
0: Wonderful book you have there.
9: Uh, Have you read it?
0: Well, not that one, but you know, books.
1: (laughs) I'm
3: very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books. Byron Borger's with us from Hearts and Mind he, Bookstore. He has
4: many leather bound books.
3: Of course he does. And it's yeah. therefore important. Yes. Buy one of those leather bounds for someone you love. Byron is talking to us about his favorite books of 2019.
4: All right, Byron, keep going. Give us some more titles. If
7: we had more time, I would love to talk about novels because I know you guys read a lot. I just I want to highlight two. You know, John Grisham is a Southern Baptist Sunday school teacher and a bestseller and a pretty great writer. Mm-hmm. He has a new novel out this year called The Guardians. Hmm. And The Guardians is uh, a novel, but it's very much like the work of Brian Stevenson and his book Just Mercy, that's coming out as a
4: film next week. Oh, right. That's the one with uh, Jamie Foxx. Exactly. And right. it's
7: so powerful. Brian is a hero. He'll get the Nobel Peace Prize someday. I think everybody should read Just Mercy. Well, Grisham's novel is about that sort of uh, inaccurate incarceration yes. because of racism and poverty and all kinds of other things. So it's a legal thriller, but it has a twist. And some people say it's one of his best books that he has done in a oh. long while. John Grisham, it's called The Guardian's.
9: Fabulous. Wow.
7: Uh, one of our favorite novels this year is by a, a good friend of ours, which is which is always tricky because do I like it just because I like the author sure. and because I've read other books of his, which I like too, or is it really fantastic? And I think objectively it really is fantastic. And Christianity Today named it the, the novel of the year. It's called Light from Distant Stars by Sean Smucker. Hmm. Sean is in Lancaster. He has two uh, young adult uh, fantasy novels that he wrote. He has a memoir about caring for a refugee family, as he helped with the refugee resettlement in Lancaster, uh, which is a lovely, lovely story, too, a memoir. Uh, But this *Light from Distant Stars is his novel, adult novel, and it is really good. And as I say, C.T. named it the the book of the year. Terrific. It's a mesmerizing story about a guy uh, and his father, who's an undertaker. His father dies, and he's trying to think of his own life, had something to do with his father's death, and and then it kind of slips into this sort of uh, ghosty thing for just a little bit, kind of like the smoke monster in Lost. He kind of becomes a little weird at one point, but then you realize they're imagining stuff. Uh, It's about reconciliation between parents and children. It's about the meaning of life and death. And it is about the beauty of stars. It's set in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, I think. He doesn't say that, but all the streets are Lancaster. Mm. Light from Distant Stars by Sean Schmucker. I think it's my favorite novel, certainly one of my favorite novels of the year. He has a new one coming, by the way, this coming um, early spring that will be called These Nameless Things. And that's the forthcoming book by Sean Smucker. I can't wait to see that.
4: Good title. Fabulous.
3: Okay, Byron, uh, keep on rolling. Our time is uh, always ticking away, but we want to ju- try to get you as many titles out there as possible.
7: All right, before I hit the big three at the end, let me tell you about three that I think are really important Uh, One of which is maybe a little controversial, but you guys like that. Um, uh, One that is not controversial, but I just think is a great book for a biblical worldview, thinking about our engagement of the world, what it means to uh, join God in partnership to minister to this fallen world. It is called The Symphony of Mission. Hmm. Subtitled is Playing Your Part in God's Work in the world. It has a symphony on the front. It's by Michael Goheen Mm -hmm. and Jim Mullins. Jim is out of Tempe, Arizona, and runs a a series of churches there, helps with a series of churches there that are called uh, Redemption, and they're just helping to minister to their place in in Tempe, Arizona. Michael Goheen is a missional writer that's done stuff around Leslie Newbegin and other missional theories. He's written Bible books, Introduction to the Bible books. So Goheen and Mullins together talking about why the story the Bible tells is the story we inhabit, and as that story becomes our story, then our gifts and talents and passions all matter, and we all have a different uh, instrument to play in the symphony, so to speak, of God redeeming his beloved planet. So the Symphony of Mission, playing your part in God's work in the world, is my favorite book this year around these kind of themes of how to read the Bible well, how to serve God in the world, what it means the Kingdom's coming on Earth, and how to be a part of that story. So that's, that's a gem.
4: Got it. The Symphony of Mission. All right, Byron, keep going.
7: Earthkeeping and Character by Steve Balma Prediger, a hyphenated last name. He had written a book on uh, Christian views of the environment called For the Beauty of the Earth, drawing a, a line from that famous hymn, For the Beauty of the Earth. This one asks the question, what kind of people do we need to be if we are going to steward the planet well, if we're going to have an ecological worldview where we understand that we're to care for the Earth, to be Earth keepers, what pe- what kind of people do that? Who- so it's about character. Mm. It's about virtue. And it's saying, if we're going to re- help God care for the Earth, and we're going to save the planet, so to speak, who-, who do we have to be to do that? So it's not about the science of climate change or the theology of caring for the world. It sort of assumes that. But it's asking the spiritual question of character formation. That sounds interesting. And what she kind does. of ecologically attuned uh, virtues we need to have if we're going to be up for seeing the awe and beauty of God's world? Wonderful. Part of it is awe. That's one of them.
9: Yeah.
7: Uh, wonder is is one of them. That we need those kind of virtues if we're ever going to step up and become good stewards of the planet.
9: All right. Earthkeeping and, and character.
7: Controversial. Can I can yeah. I tell you a controversial one. It is written by my good friend Sylvia Kiesmott and Brian Walsh. They wrote a book years ago called Colossians Remixed. Well, uh, this is a commentary on Romans that's sort of like Colossians Remixed. It's called Romans Disarmed. Okay. And it is trying to analyze how Romans would have been heard in the house churches of Rome, hmm. where there are Jews and Gentiles, where there are slaves and slaveholders together that meet in the house and hear the letter from Paul wow. telling them that they are one. Really? and not to have violent sex and be brutal the way the Empire does. So it's a very political reading of Romans. It thinks that most Roman commentaries have gotten it wrong, because they think it's primarily an abstract theological teaching, and they say it's a pastoral letter, and you almost, to use Scott McKnight's phrase, need to read Romans backwards, where the end of Romans... The unity of slave and men and women and free all together is the upshot of the whole thing. So God's grace explained in Romans has these vast implications of pastoral stuff about whether it's earth-keeping in Romans 8, whether it's unity in Romans 12, whether it's grace in Romans 8, uh, whether it's a healthy kind of understanding of sexuality that isn't violent and vile the way the idol worshippers were, it, it, with Caesar and those guys. So it is a political reading and how we have got to stop beating people up using Romans as a weapon, whether it's over sexuality or whether it's over Romans 13, like uh, politics stuff. He said it, we need to disarm Romans and read it for what it really was a manifesto for resisting the empire and demanding justice as we become the body of Christ together that love each other.
4: Byron Borger's with us. He's the absolutely. owner of Hearts and Minds Bookstore in Dallas Town, PA. We're hearing from him the 2019 Best Christian Books of the Year. Okay, I think it's time for the top three, Byron. Am I right?
7: All right, here we go. I guess this is the drum roll. Yes. <laughs> I think one of the top books is called Faith for Exiles. The subtitle is Five Ways for a New Generation to Follow Jesus in Digital Babylon. Oh. How can the new rising generation that is, ra- that is raised on the digital culture be faithful and stay in touch with the Church and with Jesus? It's by David Kinnaman and Mark Matlock. In a sense, it's about youth ministry or young adult ministry, but I think it's really for any of us. You may know that uh, Kinnaman wrote a couple of uh, books like Unchristian right, sure. and You Lost Me, about what churches were doing wrong to lose their young adults. Right. He says it's time to do one where we do it, we'll name what, what churches are doing right. to to retain their young adult ministry. So he names five things that churches do well if they're going to be faithful and kind of retain the young adults that are living in this digital culture. Um, One of them is to talk about vocation and calling, that young adults need that. And he uses as a case study this wintry conference in February in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania called Jubilee, and he even, if I can be prideful for just a second, talks about the book display there. Nice. And he says, this is a sign of hope, where young adults mm. are grappling with the biggest ideas of how to live out their faith faithfully and asking these big questions. He said, that's an example of the ways to reach young adults well. Wow. So Faith for Exiles by Kinneman. it's a great book, and it's got that little Pittsburgh connection there.
4: Wow. Number three. All right, give us number two.
7: There is a book that just was announced. It just came out by Steve Garber. There's, again, a Pittsburgh connection because he used to run the Jubilee Conference, and it is called A Seamless Life. It is a desire to kind of live a life coherently where the biggest questions shape who we are and we're not the different person on Sunday as we are on Monday. How do you weave together sort of this belief and behavior, as he would put it? And what's great about that is that this book, it's a little compact size, hardback. It's really handsome. It's got full-color pictures that he took, because these are essentially reports from the road, places Steve has been, overseas, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Birmingham, out west, where he's observing people weaving together their deepest convictions and the way they live their lives, particularly in public and around the work world. So a number of the chapters about work and faith and public life, um, about his own father, about his growing up on a ranch and southern california and hanging out in colorado as a kid there's tons of beautiful stuff and the chapters are short there's pictures in them it's like a little gift book and at this point i think we're the only bookstore that has it we just got them two days ago and it is brand spanking new and we are so thrilled i think it's one of the books of the year
3: oh, wow outstanding. love That's steve exciting. garber it sounds really great okay byron your last slot of the uh, of the of the year
7: well, again, I hesitate to say in this because it's not for everybody. I'm nervous but for I you. I want to say the most important book is called On the Road with Saint Augustine. Oh right, yep. The we we is a love real it. Real world spirituality for restless hearts. Mm-hmm. Right,
4: James K. A. It's Smith. a wonderful book, isn't it? I just I love it's it's everything that you th- you wish it's going to be when you open it up. I'm so glad you
7: think that. Uh, there's a couple of chapters that are a little more dense than others but it's for people that don't know anything about this 3rd century Augustine, but most people know that he came up with this phrase, that our hearts are restless till they find their rest in thee, that we all have this sort of God-shaped hole. Well, what he says in this book, which I didn't quite know, is that Augustine, before his conversion to Christ, tried to fill that hole with fame and prestige and work and status. He went to Milan, he went to Rome... It's almost like kids today that are trying to shape a new identity, or young adults today, or even us middle-aged people today. We're trying to identify who we really are with our status and our accomplishments and our travels. We're on the road always trying out new things, never buckling down and growing roots. And he said, you're never going to know who you are. So you find your sense of place, and that finally has to be coming home to God.
3: That's fabulous. Byron Borger from Hearts and Minds Bookstore, his best picks of 2019. Byron, as people listen, and they want to connect with you at your store, give us contact information, all right?
7: You go to www.heartsandmindsbooks.com. There's an inquiry page there. You can inquire about anything that's contacting us. All these books that we mentioned, I'll sell them at 20% off if anybody wants them. We can mail them right out. Um, If they'd rather send me an email, you can contact us at read, like you read a book, at heartsandmindsbooks.com.
3: Very nice. Byron, always a pleasure. Both Kath and I admire the mission field that you and Beth have chosen over these many decades. Thank you so much, as always, for being with us, for your intellectual prowess, your curiosity, and for informing all of us here who love and read books with Jesus always in the middle. Thanks so much.
7: Thank you, friends. We appreciate
4: it a lot. We love Byron. Gosh, mm-hmm. he's a treasure.
3: He truly is. Hearts and Minds Bookstore, Dallastown, PA. Kath will post all of They're these books. They're already posted. Oh, look at that. She's way ahead of the
8: curve. 101.5 WORD. Next time
0: on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. The riches of his grace, the riches of his
3: glory. We have all this and so much more in Christ. We live an enriched life and ennobled life. Why? We are now
0: the sons and the daughters of God. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack
3: Graham. PowerPoint tonight at 930 on 101.5 WORD. The team in my pillow is grateful for you this holiday season. So grateful they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dreams bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and he guarantees. guarantees. Guarantees they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can buy one, get one free by calling 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free, plus free shipping. Call 800-391-0954 or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure to use the promo code word every day across western pennsylvania tough breaks happen to honest folks layoffs happen
6: to single parents evictions happen to families with babies and empty bank accounts happen to hungry people but thankfully every day in our community good people happen to bad things your sustaining monthly gift of just 25 dollars doubles the salvation army's ability to assist our neighbors battling poverty and help them win Join the fight for good by texting WordFM to 91999.
2: This is former Pirates manager Clint Hurdle for my friends at Urban Impact. What a privilege to work with an organization that truly understands that everyone matters. This year alone, their athletics, performing arts, education, and options programs have reached over 2,300 Northside kids and served over 42,000 meals. And thanks to an incredible $300,000 matching grant, your year-end gift can have twice the impact. So make a difference today. Donate now at uifpgh.org slash
3: match. Match. The Forevermark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination. For your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are. The Forevermark
1: Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare,
6: responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. visit
3: trinityjewelers.com. Clint Eastwood has a new movie out called Richard Jewel. It is based upon the real-life story of Richard Jewell, who was a security guard at the Olympics in 1996. And uh, at the Olympics uh, venues, the Centennial Olympic Park, some Cretan had a backpack where he placed three pipe bombs inside that backpack, inside that backpack. And Richard Jewell, working as a security guard, discovered the backpack. He alerted police and helped to evacuate people from that area, saving, I'm sure, countless lives. The tragedy of the story is that as the investigation of the backpack bombings went on, Richard Jewell was fingered as the primary suspect in the bombing. It essentially ruined Richard Jewell's life.
4: He was not the bomber. No. He died as a very young man. Forty-four. He had an extremely difficult time coming to grips with what had happened to him and the miscarriage of justice. Um that it was, and him being put in the public spotlight. Now, the reason we're talking about Richard Jewell is, of course, the new movie has come out, uh, done by Clint Eastwood, and it premiered last weekend. Am I right, right about that?
3: To good reviews, yeah. but a very poor box office reception based upon, in part, I would say a smear job.
4: Yeah. It seems to me like it's a smear job, and we can talk about that later. But today, the reason it came to our attention is that Henry Schuster, an investigative producer for CNN during the Olympic bombings, authored an open letter to Richard Jewell that he posted in the Washington Post, and it's called... I helped make Richard Jewell famous and ruined his life in the process. The dangers of a 24-hour rush for breaking news. We thought that the letter he wrote to Richard Jewell was so important because of the subject matter, because of the fact that he has publicly apologized even so very late in the game, that we thought that we would read you this letter. And here it is. It starts with this. Dear Richard, the letter began, I owe you an apology.
3: Writing an apology is not something journalists are used to doing. It took me years just to open a document and type those few words. But with the release of Richard Jewell, Clint Eastwood's new movie about the aftermath of the 1996 bombing in Atlanta Centennial Olympic Park, those of us who reported the story are doing a fresh round of soul searching. No one emerged from the coverage with glory, although Jewell certainly deserved to. I am one of the reasons he didn't.
4: Jewell might have been the first victim of the 24-hour cable news cycle. He went from hero to villain in less than three days. Jewell was working security in Centennial Olympic Park when he discovered a backpack containing a bomb and alerted law enforcement. The bomb exploded and soon so did his life after the FBI decided he was the suspect and the media piled on.
3: If jewel was the first, it would only get worse. Cable news accelerated the pace, but social media made the rush to judgment instantaneous. As quick as marching trading on Wall Street, but without any circuit breakers. I had barely gone to sleep around 1.30 a.m. on the night of Saturday, July twenty seventh, 1996, when the phone rang.
4: Our assignment desk said that there had been an explosion during a concert in Centennial Olympic Park across the street from our offices at CNN Center. By the time I made it downtown, it was clear from sources and witnesses this had been a bomb. The streets nearby were filled with panic, ambulances, and carnage. The blast killed one woman and injured 111. A cameraman died of a heart attack as he rushed to cover the explosion. These days, we would call it an IED. In those more innocent times, the murder weapon was called a pipe bomb, and it had been carried into the park in a military-style backpack then left by a bench.
3: During a news conference in those early hours someone from Georgia State Patrol mentioned that a security guard named Richard had spotted the backpack and alerted law enforcement. He seemed to be the hero of the story. I turned to a guest booker and asked him to track him down. By that evening we had our man. Less than 24 hours after the bombing Jewel and his mother arrived at CNN. He was flustered. Traffic in the area had been heavy and they had to rush the last several blocks. Representative Newt Gingrich, representative of Georgia, then the House Speaker, and Senator Sam Nunn were in our newsroom. Both wanted to shake his hand and thank the hero. Even before he sat down on the set, Jewel was distracted by the attention.
4: The interview I'd pushed for set off a chain of events that led to what Jewel later described as 88 days of hell. A former employer of Jules, the president of a college in North Georgia, was watching, and he called the FBI. He wanted the Bureau to know that Jules had worked for him and that he had been forced to resign. Agents in the FBI's Behavioral Science Unit in Quantico were also paying attention. They wondered why Jules looked uncomfortable and his eyes shifted around. He seemed suspicious. They may not have considered that this was Jules' first TV interview and that it was being done remotely. He was hearing questions from an anchor in Washington through an earpiece. They were too busy thinking about Jimmy Wade Pearson during the L.A. Olympics in '84. Pearson was a police officer who claimed to have found a bomb on a bus carrying luggage for Turkish athletes. Pearson later admitted planting the device so he could be the hero of his own story. Jewell had been a sheriff's deputy before working security at the college, and he'd moved to Atlanta, hoping to boost his career. His stint in law enforcement had not been without controversy, so if you were an FBI profiler, you could make it all seem sinister. A colleague and I interviewed him again the next night for a special report. After we turned off the cameras, Jewell casually mentioned that he wouldn't be surprised, based on his training, if he was considered a suspect. That's just the way it worked, he implied. Until you found the culprit, everyone in proximity, especially the guy who discovered the bomb, was in the frame.
3: We need to take a quick break, but we'll continue on with this letter written as an apology to Richard Jules. Stay with us. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM.
8: Hi, I'm Trina Webster. And I'm Dan Webster. For 10 years, we've talked about Z-Quiet, the ultimate solution that has ended snoring for millions. And now we're excited to introduce the perfect solution for anyone that sleeps next to someone with untreated loud snoring. It's called QuietOn Sleep, the world's first snore-canceling earbuds. QuietOn's European technology targets the exact frequency and sound of snoring and literally acts like a noise eraser. Its compact design won't interfere with pillow comfort, and it doesn't use Bluetooth or emit radio waves. If you have a snoring partner, this innovation is your sleep salvation. So whether you snore... Or share a bed with someone who does. Z-Quiet will keep you sleeping together peacefully through the night, guaranteed.
1: If you snore or sleep with someone that does, go to getzquiet.com. Right now try our original Z-Quiet snoring solution for 30 days for only 9.95. Go to getzquiet.com. That's getzquiet.com. Rich
6: Engler presents Christmas with Michael W. Smith. The
0: most wonderful
9: time.
6: Mark Martell
9: to look a lot like Christmas
6: Christmas with Michael W Smith and his band 7 p.m. December 19th at Christchurch at Grove Farm in Sewickley. Tickets available at itickets.com or call 800-965-9324. Welcomed by Word FM. Hi, I'm Jay Farner,
1: CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%. APR, 49 percent percent. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rates subject to change. A 1.375% fee receives receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030.
9: Since 1952,
7: Light of Life has been serving Pittsburgh's hurting and homeless, sharing the message of hope with all who come to us for help.
8: I was this broken shell of a woman. I couldn't deal with life. I was afraid.
7: Your compassion and kindness allows Light of Life to restore hope in the hearts of hurting men and women in our
8: community. I truly believe they're the reason why I'm still clean. Please visit lightoflife.org slash give and share a special holiday gift of hope today. Get your truly free credit scores and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma today. Download the Credit Karma app now. Credit Karma. Here's to progress. I love the joy that children bring to the office.
4: Good dental
6: habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock.
4: I like creating those good, positive
0: first
5: experiences.
0: My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you.
6: Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com.
0: You have my word on it.
3: We're reading a letter of apology from a CNN reporter to Richard Jewell.
4: It was published today in the Washington Post. We turned Richard Jewell from a hero into a villain. Our wall-to-wall coverage on CNN was underway. We became the FBI's megaphone. There was no nuance in the first 48 hours. I'm still a journalist, and I still love to break news, but I get queasy any time I see a breaking news banner on screen.
3: The happiest I saw Jewel was April thirteenth, two 2005, the day that Eric Rudolph pleaded guilty in federal court. I didn't say that I was sorry when I saw Jewel that April day. We simply exchanged greetings. I saw him again a year later at a training exercise for local law enforcement officers. He was back on the job as a sheriff's deputy. So how do I make sense of it all? When I have an Emmy on my shelf for CNN's coverage from those first 24 hours, we in the media got it wrong, even though our reporting was right. That's the paradox. Jewell really was the FBI's main suspect. Yes, the FBI has a lot to answer for, but this is about our responsibility. Suppose that CNN had been more nuanced and called Jewell a person of interest. A repetitive and relentless coverage would still have made it look like the authorities thought that he was the culprit.
4: But the lesson is, it isn't always enough. It's about how you report it and how everyone else is reporting it, too. Someone else's guilty plea in several court settlements didn't give Jewell his good name back. Maybe the film finally will. And next time, I will own up to my responsibility. I will finish that letter to Richard Jewell. It's never too late to apologize.
3: It's a brutal piece. And to think what happened to Richard Jewell was a a deep and strong miscarriage of justice. So an apology, never too late, although Richard Jewell passed away many years ago at the age of 44. Thanks for being with us. Look for us online, wordfm.com. Ride Home with John and Kathy a production of Salem Media Group.